Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. What he's doing in this place. And so for those of you that might be here for the very first time, I'm Tony Umber. I pastor this awesome church of great people. My wife, uh, Kelly, she is my better half and makes all the things work because of just how phenomenal, phenomenal she is. And so praise God. Thank God for good wives. Amen. And praise the Lord. You know, it took me a long time to get her because, you know, I did a lot of dumb stuff, made a lot of mistakes. And I can remember when I went to Bible college, I remember within the first week of Bible college, I sat down at my kitchen table, got my yellow. I still have this pad today because I remind the Lord. I said, Lord, uh, what about this one right here? Uh, But I had a yellow pad, and I went through, and I said, God, I'm going to make a list of what I want in a wife because I've made a lot of mistakes. I've messed up with a lot of different what appeared to be godly women. It's like, nope. You know what I mean? So I made this list out, and I said, God, these are the things and the qualities, the attributes that I want. And I'm telling you what, God was faithful to honor my prayers. Amen. How many of you know that it takes a little bit for you to wise up when it comes to knowing what you want, right? You know what I mean? And so God gave me one awesome woman, wife, mother, and so she's a great woman. Praise God. Yeah, amen. Praise the Lord. So, you know, I was in the doghouse this past weekend, so I was just trying to make up for it right there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, glory to God. Amen. Well, hey, uh, we're starting a new series uh, uh, today, and it's called Who's On First? And I don't know if any of you remember the old Abbott and Costello skit that they did you know about who's on first in fact as I got ready I started to think about that skit and I started watching it and I grew up you know watching the reruns of Abbott and Costello and I just love Costello he he just made me laugh because he was such a a big kid in a man's body you know what I mean And, and so I'm sitting there watching the skit of Abbott and Costello on who's on first and my wife is looking at it and she says what's so funny about that and I am cracking up I mean, he swings the bat, hits himself in the head. I mean, it's, it's awesome. But in either ways, if you've seen that skit of Abbott and Costello, uh, that skit of who's on first, and they're going back and forth talking about who's on the baseball team. And again, for the sake of time, I'm just going to kind of give you some brief highlights. But, you know, obviously Costello, he's beginning to ask Abbott as to who the members of the team and what their names are. And so as he begins to explain it, he tells them who's on first, what's on second. I don't know who's on third. Why is in left? field and because is in center field the pitcher's name is tomorrow and the catcher's name is today and so they're going back and forth and he says who's on first he said that's right he said what he said no what's on second he said what's on second no he says I want you to understand what I'm trying to tell you here and they go back and forth back and forth and again there's such confusion and they get to the end of the skit and Costello still does not have a clue who's on first Amen. Anybody know that skit? Have anybody seen it? Come on, raise your hands. All the old people in the house rose their hand right there. All right, praise the Lord. Thank you so much. All right, well, hey, if you've never seen it, go ahead and YouTube it, and you'll get the point or the whole theme behind what we're talking about. 
But you realize, again, as we start this series, who's on first, my desire is, is that by the time we get done with today's service, that you'll have a clear understanding of who's on first, and there won't be any confusion about it. There won't be any second guessing. You'll know exactly who's on first. Amen? Now, as I started to think about this concept of who's on first, I started to think about my own little kids. You know, I've got one that's getting ready to turn 13 in just about a week and a half. I've got an 11-year-old, and then I've got one that's getting ready to turn 8. And it doesn't matter what the, the scenario is. If I say, okay, let's go somewhere, it's all about who can get to the car first, right? And if I say, you know what, we're going to do this, it's all about who can get first. If we're going to watch a movie for family night, it's all who can get to the couch first. And it's who can sit next to mom and dad first. I mean, it's always this competition of who can be first. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And if you get any group of kids together, there is a constant jockeying of who's first, right? I mean, they're at school. I mean, if you've ever went to your school and watched your, your kid or watched a classroom and they're saying, okay, we're getting ready to go to lunch, what do they do? That's line up at the door. When they line up at the door, they're kicking, scrapping, scratching around trying to get to, to the front of the line, right? Because it's something on the inside of us that just longs to be first. We desire to have this, this recognition of position or this desire to be significant, Right? We just desire to have some sense of priority in our lives and that we find ourselves being first. And that doesn't just leave us when we're kids. I've seen it in teenagers, and I've seen it in adults. We as adults as well, we have this intuition, this instinctive thing on the inside that we just want to be first, right? I don't know what it is. I think it's just the, the competitive nature on us. You know, I, I heard one guy say it this way. He said, you know, when, it's a, a matter, when it comes to a matter of us being out in the woods and we run into a bear, he said, you know what? Uh, all I need to worry about is running faster. So as long as I'm first, you know, I'm, I'm safe, right? Why? Because, you know, the, the slower guy gets eaten by the bear, right? So, again, there's something in us that we just want to be first. And you might say, you know what? That's not me. I don't, I don't desire to be first. I just, you know, I kind of like being behind the scenes. No, I, I beg to differ. It's on the inside of all of us. In fact, let me just kind of give you a scenario. Let's just say you're going to a concert. If you're going to the concert, and it's a choice between being able to sit towards the front or sitting in the nosebleed section, who wants to sit in the nosebleed section? Raise your hand. Come on, let me see you. Who, yeah? Nobody? You mean we all desire to be up front? Sure. Why? Because up front is the good seats, right? That's where you get the best sound. That's where you get the best visibility. That's where Elvis, you know, used to take off his handkerchief and throw it to the ladies, right? You remember that? My aunt got one of those handkerchiefs way back in the day. Yeah, come on, man. Being in the front is something that we all desire to be first. But oftentimes in the concept of just the concert or the football game, it's a matter of whether or not you can afford to be up front, Right? It's a matter of whether or not you can pay the price to get to the front of the line or get the good seats. You know, I, I, my sister-in-law, or not my sister-in-law, my, my niece rather, uh, she's uh, got a very good job and she's, uh, uh, her parents have been very good to her in helping her get through her college education. And so she said to me, she said, I wanted to get my dad some Dallas Cowboy football game tickets and down in Oklahoma I mean they're big 
Dallas Cowboy fans. And I said, well, where'd you sit? She said, man, we sat right on the 50-yard line. I'm like, really? And she said, yeah, we were just a few rows back right over top of the, 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 the Cowboys team. I'm like, wow. I said, how much did that set you back? She kind of paused like she didn't want to tell me. And I'm like, oh, really? $800 a ticket. I mean, that's quite the gift. Come on, man. So again, it's a matter of, can you pay the price? Can you count the cost? Can you afford being first or being at the front of the line? Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? And so we all have this instinctive desire to be front. We all carry this inner desire that we're first, that we're special, that we can be recognized. But once again, as I said, there are some that would say, no, that's not me. I don't desire that. And the only reason why we'd actually say that we don't desire to be first is because something on the inside of us has been pushed down as we've tried to reach first, as we've tried to be recognized, as we've tried to be special. There's been circumstances, situations, tragedies, things that we've experienced in our lives that have robbed us from our dream and our expectation of possibly being first or being recognized as being special. And for that matter, there are some that have been, that have, bought into this idea or this false idea that we don't desire to be first and really again it comes down to just a matter of fear there's fear that keeps us from desiring to shift priorities in a sense of looking to be first now I want you to know to desire to be first is not a bad thing it's how you get there amen alright so before we continue before we talk about who's on first I want us just to take a moment to address something okay because I said to you that there's many people that have lost the dream lost the desire to step up and actually be recognized as being first or being special and the reason being is because some of those things that have taken place but just for a moment I'm going to say this slow that so that you can begin to paint the picture and begin to pull it out of your own life and that is, is I want you in this next couple seconds to take all the disappointments that you've experienced in your life, the disappointments that you've bottled up, the hurts that you've experienced and that you've pushed into the darkest, furthest place of the closet, all the failures that you've experienced and you've just swept them under the rug, and all the fears that seem to haunt you in your life, I want you to take all those things and put them in a box. All right, let me say it again. Because I want you to do this exercise with me. So the disappointments, the disappointments that have accumulated, the hurts that you have just tried to ignore, the pain and the failures that you try to cover up, and those fears that just keep you awake at night. Those things, I want you to take them all and just simply put it in a box for the moment. Put it in a box. Now, all those hurts, disappointments, fears, those things that you've experienced, all of those things also come with a face attached to it. Did you hear me? You see... 
Disappointments don't just happen all by themselves. There, there's always a person's face that is attached to the pain, to the hurt, to the disappointment, the fear that we experience in life. And maybe, just maybe, the face that you see first is your own. But there's always a face attached to it. Now those things we put in a box, but now in our lives, there is a mantle that we've had established in our mind. And on that mantle is framed pictures of all those people. And we keep them on that mantle so that we can continue to remember and keep alive the hurt and the pain. Because, you know, I'm not going to let that happen to me again. But right along with all those disappointments and fears and cares that you put in the box, I also want you to start taking down all those pictures of those faces that you see that have hurt you. Take them off the mantle and put them in the box as well. All right? You got it? Now that you put them in the box, let's just push the box aside for just a moment. We're going to attend to that in just a moment. But now that we've got rid of all those things that we've not addressed, those things that we've pushed to the side, the things that haunt us, the faces and the people that we've attached to those things, now that we've put them in a box and put them to the side, there is now no excuse. Because as we start to look at who's on first, you're going to have the opportunity, you're going to have the knee-jerk reaction that says, yeah, but... But listen, if we've already got those things in the box, the people that have hurt us, their faces are in the box, then it takes the excuse away now. It takes the knee-jerk reaction of saying, yeah, but. And it allows us to truly have perspective of the truth. Amen? So what's left? Now we've got a fresh canvas. We've got a canvas that is blank, is clear, is fresh. What's on that canvas? Well, here's the thing. If we've never received Christ into our life, if we've never received Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our life, He paid a price so that that canvas can be blank or that we can have a fresh start. But there is a label that is attached to that canvas that can't be erased. And at the top of that canvas, it says sin. And you see that word sin or that sin is what keeps us separated from God. All right? But now listen. Without Christ, you will always try to carry the burden of life yourself. And Without Christ, you will always try to jockey for first, to have a priority, to be special. But it will all be driven by self-righteous gain and your own pride. Why? Because there's an emptiness on the inside. You desire to be first. You desire to be special. But without Christ, it's all in the arm of the flesh that you try to obtain it. Now listen to what the Bible says. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But God demonstrated His own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Did you see that? See, the canvas of your life, God saw it as being blank, but He also seen the label that said sin on it. And the Bible says that God so loved you and me that while we are still sinners, Christ went ahead and died for us. 
Now, are you starting to realize something here? Are you starting to realize that even though you've got a label of sin in your life that separates you from God or separated you from God, that there's something special about you to the point that God loved you so much, even in your sin, that Jesus died for you? Notice what it says here in Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, it says, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, he says, I knew you. Come on, before you ever existed, the Bible says that God knew who you were. He knew what mistakes you were going to make. He knew what decisions you would make. And he says, nevertheless, he says, from the very beginning, I knew who you were. Notice what Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 says. It says, even before he made the world, so the world did not exist yet. Before he made the world, the Bible says that God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. Come on, now, I don't know if that registers with you, but here's what it says. It says that God, before he ever made the earth, he realized and recognized that you were going to be a failure. He realized, recognized that you were going to have sin in your life. But the Bible says that in spite of knowing that, before the foundations of the world, he saw you in Christ. And he said that before the foundations of the world were, he said he saw no fault in you. Because of Jesus. Come on. I'm telling you, you are special. I'm telling you, God loves you. If you've ever wondered who's on first, here's the story. Here's the nitty gritty. You are on first because you're special to God. If you've ever questioned who you are, you are in first place with God. He's put you in a position of love. He's put you in a position to say, God, I, or a uh, uh, person, he says, I love you. I care about you. Amen? Therefore, he saw that even in the midst of our failure, Jesus would put us in a position of being first with God. Amen? We've just got to make a choice. As we make the choice, God has already put us on his priority list. Ephesians chapter 2, listen to this. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. Come on. You are God's masterpiece. With all your mess, with all your stuff, with all the stuff you put in the box and all the people's faces that are attached to them, God says, you are my masterpiece. And see, all those times you've bought into this idea that I'm nobody special. All these times that you've said you know what I just I'll never accomplish anything great when you've said you know I just don't desire to be first let somebody else go God says you've always been first in my eyes amen even when we were sinners you are God's masterpiece and he doesn't see the mess You see, our mess doesn't define us. He came to save his people. And isn't it interesting that as he came to save the very people that he saw to be the very apple of his eye, the Bible says that they crucified him. Think about that. They crucified him. He took all of our mess, all of our hurt, and put it in a box. That was the whole purpose. Now listen to this. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, 
It says that he canceled the record of the charges against us and took away by nailing it to the cross. Amen. So here's how we get free. Are you ready to get free? The Bible says that your sin, the thing that separated us from God, it says that when Jesus went to the cross, all that sin, the failure, he said he nailed it to the cross. Now, apart from Christ, you're continuing to strive to obtain it in yourself. But the Bible tells us this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says that if we are in Christ, then it says that the old has passed away, and behold, all has become new. Amen? Let me read it from a different translation. Let me find it here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 in the New Living Translation. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. So listen, you might be sitting here this morning thinking, I've got a box full of hurt and I know the faces one by one. But listen, we put those in the box and therefore if we're in Christ, the Bible says that today is a brand new day. You might have been cult, uh, collecting those, cultivating all those pains and all those hurts, but now that you put them in a box, what do we do with them? Let's take them to the cross. Let's take them to the cross and nail them to the tree. Now, once we walk away from the tree or walk away from the cross, don't take them with us. Leave them there. I said leave them there. Why? Because in Christ, there's a new day. There's a new beginning. And the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So in other words, that means that you were special to God and we stand in first place. We are first with God. He loves you. He loves us. Amen? Now once again, you think about just the story of God's plan. It says before the world was even made, it says that God put things in motion to put us first place, right? He established that through Jesus. But I want you to see something this morning concerning yourself of how special you are. And if you're asking the question saying, who's on first? Just look to your neighbor and say, I am. I'm on first. Why? Because God always saves the best for last. I want you to hear that. God always saves the best for last. God said, before the foundations of the world were, I put things in motion. He created Adam and Eve. How'd that turn out? They messed up, right? The population grew. They continued to get more rebellious against God. And God says, listen, we've got to fix some things here. And what do we see? We see Noah coming because there was a flood that was going to come and take out all the sin. But then as that got fixed, it continued to become the same way again. And we see that God had to send Moses to set God's people free. And then after that, we see Jesus finally coming on the scene. Jesus, the fulfillment of God's heart and God's love. And even in that, we see that man crucified Jesus. We see the disciples have come and gone. Who's left? You. Me. Now listen, 
there have been those that have went before us, right? And we're in a race. Paul said, run the race that's set before you. And the Bible says that we have built upon those that have went before us. So in other words, it's a relay race. And if you've ever been in track, you know who they put at the very end of the relay race? The best. The fastest. And here we are at the end of the race. The Bible tells us that Jesus is coming soon. And so not only did he send Jesus so that we could be forgiven of that title of sin and have truly a complete canvas that is free from all guilt, shame, and pain, but he also says, you're on first. He also said, you're my best, and I've saved my best for the last. So don't ever let the devil tell you that you don't amount to nothing. Don't ever let the devil tell you that you will never be somebody, that you're nobody special. Why? Because God said, you're my favorite, you're my best, and I saved the best for last, so get to it. Amen? Amen. So what are you going to do with it? I don't go back to the old life. Now listen, you've put it in a box, right? You put the people's faces in the box, the, the pictures, right? What are you going to do with them once you leave here? Are you going to unpack them, dust them off, set them back up on the mantle? Are you going to take it and pack it back in the closet and sweep it back under the rug? Or are we going to do something with it so that we can truly be free? Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to challenge you that this day is going to be the determining factor that sets the course for the remainder of this year. That begins to set the pace for the days ahead. Rather than going back to the old life. Rather than going back to the old pains, the hurts, discouragements and disappointments. Let's choose today that we are no longer going to give place to those things that causes us to feel like we're second best. But no, instead, let's choose that as we put those things, those hurts, disappointments, and fears in the box, the people that we've associated with them, we've put their pictures in the box, Let's just pick it up one last time. Let's just pick it up. Now the Bible says this. Those of us that are believers, we can come to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. So we can have the opportunity right now to present our box to God and receive an exchange. Now listen, if you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, even though God has saw your canvas as being clear and free, you still have a label of sin attached to you. And therefore, as much as you try to get rid of that box, as much as you try to to distance yourself from you, 
you'll find that that box shows up somewhere in your life down the road. So I want to give you the opportunity this morning to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you've never prayed a prayer, if you've never said, Jesus, I want to know you. Now, I'm not talking just lip service. I'm saying if you're here today and you're saying, I really want to know Jesus, then today you're in the right place at the right time. And I want you to pray this prayer. It's very simple, very easy. Everyone together, let's pray this prayer. But if it's you that's saying, I want Jesus to take my box today then I want you to pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent Jesus to die for my sins. Before I was, you saw my guilt. You saw my pain. You saw my shame. And you paid the price to make me clean. Therefore, right now, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed. Those that were believers. Those that are now believers. And we as the family of God. I want you to go to the throne of God right now. Approach Him. Now listen, you don't have to approach Him squeamishly. You don't have to approach him as though you're not worthy. Jesus has made us worthy. So let's just step forward. Step forward right now before God. Extend that box. Do you see him? Come on, take a look at that box one last time. Don't reminisce over it, but just look at it for the fact that you're getting ready to say goodbye. (laughs) Oh, so Father, I present my box to you right now. The box that carries all the hurts and discouragements, the disappointments of my life. God, the fears that I've allowed to shape and mold and discourage. God, I give it to you. And God, all those people that, Lord, I associate with that, Lord, I release them and I forgive them. And God, I give them to you. It's no longer my burden to carry. It's no longer my job. I give them to you. And so, God, I take my rightful place. I take my place of being on first of being special of being your priority and God I acknowledge that you love me that you care for me and you desire nothing but the best and I expect a new day from this day forward I expect that I'm going to feel free light and easy as I leave this place in Jesus name to this podcast.
take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.